2: Tom Bernard Show with. Tevin Pittman. Andy Brandt Bernard.
1: Cassie Schrader.
2: And Tim Lammers is with us as well. We'll be right back talking more movies with Timmy. Tom Bernard Show. Walzer Automotive Group started in Minnesota over 60 years ago. Most people know something about the Walzer Way. Upfront, no haggle pricing, work with one person from start to finish, or the free lifetime powertrain warranty on most vehicles sold in Minnesota. Please don't say, tell him Tommy sent you, because it sounds fake, and I hate it. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's
3: the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt, then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company, and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap.
2: Country Western Bob Dylan. I
1: love Tom Petty. Oh, yeah. God, i got
2: to miss him. How long has he been dead now? Six months? Something like that. Yeah,
1: it has a bit long. Let me run with
2: you, tonight, you hit the post. I'll you hear that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> huh? I'm a professional. I've done
2: this before. Yeah, talked right up to the vocal. It was unbelievable. Tim Lammer's with us. We're talking movies. Um, you're going to go, what's, what are you going to see? Jurassic World, what's it called?
4: Uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Fallen
2: Kingdom. That's
1: I'm looking right. forward to it.
2: You're, you're going to see it, too. And
4: instead of going the Jurassic World 2 route, they got a little fancy-schmancy with the subtitle there.
2: Why is it that I'm <laughs> the only one that has to get up and go to work in the morning so I can't go to movie uh, things?
4: <laughs> Although this morning I woke up at Well, 2:30. some of these movies, Tom, oh. you probably would be sleeping at. So That's true. I doubt, doubt, doubtful this one, but... Believe me, there are other films you would fall asleep
2: at. Yeah, I just I, I woke up at 2:30 this morning. It was a real thrill. And I don't know why I woke up either. I just woke up. There was no noise or anything like that. I woke up and walked around the basement for a while. Like man, I'll be tired as hell
5: tonight.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all I know that'll be the it'll be a tough road to hoe. One thing I will tell you though, playing uh, Tiger Woods golf on your computer at 2:30 in the morning is
6: kind of fun. <laughs> That's—I never would have pegged you for a Tiger Woods golf.
2: Oh, your I did. Yeah. the morning only one kind of I got. Well, not two thirty in the morning usually, but sometimes like four or four thirty.
4: I uh, mean, you got to do what you got to do if you can't yeah. sleep, right?
2: And I don't know why I couldn't sleep. It wasn't like I was having bad dreams or anything. I just woke up and couldn't get back to sleep. What the hell's that all about? I better stop I talking. I know about the no tired.
1: <laughs> sleep is overrated.
2: Oh, it is. Sorry oh, about way that. Yeah, way to go. Well, I was yeah.
1: moving papers. I didn't want to make too much noise.
2: Uh, you hit the vocal, so she just shuts her mic off. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I hit the vocal. I'm turning my mic off. That's all there's going to be to it. Um, okay, so Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. You got uh, Hereditary. I definitely want to see Hereditary. And if, if Alex went to see Hereditary without me, and she, oh, don't go see it without me. But she went and saw it without me.
4: What the oh. hell is that? Well, she needed something to uh, scare her into labor. She was tired of being overdue. Maybe. Something.
2: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> God, I tell you. Say um, there's
4: Robert. another one coming out that's obviously it's, it's coming the week after Jurassic World because that's a down week, naturally, because Jurassic World is just going to kick butt for a couple weeks. Um, Sicario, Day of the Soldado,
7: so which
4: is two. a follow-up to Sicario starring Josh Brolin and Benicio Del Toro. There's and that a, first one was a damn good film.
2: That's what I understand. I understand it was really, really good. That's one that confuses me. Why is Benicio Del Toro a, a, an actor? He can't act at all.
4: Well, I, you know, I like him. And, you know, a movie that really hit the wall and didn't do anything and I thought it was a great movie was uh, the remake of The Wolfman with benicio who kind of resembles lon cheney Jr. yeah a little bit uh i think that he brings a sort of i don't know he's a it's a mood he he kind of plays moody characters and i think he's there's you know there's some charisma there uh i I don't know i mean I, i guess i haven't seen anything apart from that where he's doing any sort of a different role He's been in a couple of these um, Avengers pictures, but very, very small roles. So, but no, so you don't, you're not crazy about him then as an I just, actor?
2: Uh, he just, he's the exact same in everything. But, you know, you look at that, and Betty Davis was the exact same thing in everything she did too, and she had, was a hell of an actor. So.
4: Oh, God. And you know what's so funny? I, I just happened across a picture of Betty Davis the other day, and I thought, oh, this is uh, Susan Sarandon playing her. No, no, it was Betty Davis.
2: Oh, really? They <laughs> did look a lot alike. That's oh for sure. my God!
4: I, I, just couldn't believe it when I just again it was from a film, and I thought, oh, this is just a recreation of Betty Davis, and then I looked at it. And it's like, no, no, this is it. And that to me, still to this day, what a hell of a miniseries that was.
5: Yeah, it uh, was a feud was
4: great.
2: miniseries. Oh God, yes, it was wonderful. But I thought, and it was... they
4: haven't come out with another feud. I thought there would be another feud. Concentrating on something else, but they haven't come out with one yet.
2: Yeah, that new uh, Picasso one I thought sucked. I loved the one about Einstein, but I Pablo Picasso, I like, eh, whatever.
4: Antonio Banderas.
2: Yeah, he's another one.
4: what well, he wasn't. He wasn't that good at it, huh?
2: No, I didn't think that
4: so. that was National Geographic Channel. I think.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. I think, it, I think it's exactly yeah. what it was, but I don't know. I just think. Did
4: it, anybody see the Versace one? I did not uh, see Versace but,
2: either. Uh, see,
4: I, I didn't see it either yet, and I'd like to see that.
2: Not so. my cup of tea. Oh, I
4: was interested in Picasso, but maybe not anymore.
2: I, I thought it was terrible. I, the Einstein one I thought was very good, but Picasso I just thought it was, eh, it's all right. No, I mean, it wasn't terrible. It was okay. Just nothing to get excited about. Who was the comedian that did that cold thing? when Be- Remember Betty Davis had a stroke? Mm-hmm. The comedian comes on a tonight show, a and does a comparison picture. Can you tell these two apart? Betty Davis after her stroke and the crabby apple tree from Wizard of Oz. Oh, oh, that is terrible, man. man. That is cold right there, brother.
4: Oh, my God. There's no way they could get away with doing that today. Oh, God, no. No way.
2: No, they'd string them up. It would. <laughs> It'd be terrible. It'd be like an old western. String them up. Let's go. But I... Uh, I don't know. I, I just uh, Are there any new summer series on television worth watching? Has Anybody seen anything? Not no, I haven't not seen anything really. that's got started for the summer. Yeah. Doesn't seem I don't know. There's one called Instinct, I guess, but I might watch that. I don't know.
5: Yeah, whatever.
2: I've been watching a lot yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I'm series. looking
4: forward to Luke Cage, which yes. is kept streaming. Marvel Netflix stuff is great,
6: yep. and that's coming go. out this week. But Preach, Tim.
4: Other than that, I haven't seen <laughs> anything. Preach
6: Tim. So who's Luke Cage? <laughs> uh, this he is the. Oh Devin, I'm sorry, I interrupted. Oh sorry, no, you go ahead, Tim. I was just gonna say he's yeah, a big. He, he's just
4: superhero. another. Oh. The Netflix uh, Marvel heroes they got. Um, they do have superpowers, but it's more like grittier. Um, crime, drama sort of deals than they are. You know, the, the Marvel stuff you see in the theater, it's a lot um, lighter. But Luke Cage, his superpower is he's impenetrable. I mean, you can't pierce his skin. You know, bullets will ricochet off him. Plus, he's really strong. Um, but he is in the same vein as Daredevil and The Punisher and Jessica Jones and then uh, Luke Cage. So yeah, so that's coming back. I think it's a thirteen episode deal starting oh, really? Friday. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Really? It is great stuff. God, it's good.
6: Yeah. And he's black, so
4: Oh
2: God, no wonder.
4: <laughs> so Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we go. so Elfrey Woodard is in that. I love Elfrey oh, yeah, Woodard. She's good. Um she is good. Rosario Dawson is in it. I mm-hmm. love her. So yeah, great cast, you know, and, and, and then generally what happens is Somebody will cross over into the series from one of the other superhero things. So, you know, we may end up seeing Jessica Jones in it. You know, we may have seen, I don't know. I don't know who we'll see. But, yeah, it, it, it's good stuff, man. It, it's one of those binge things. I mean, you see it, and you just can't stop watching it. Much in the way, and I have to tell you, Tom, because she is so nuts about this series. But my wife, she is, she's going to finish up Longmire before you do. Oh. But.
5: Yeah, he she said will. that
4: we Peter Scalari, it, is just as much of a, a bad dude as uh, um, uh, who's it? Gerald McRaney.
5: Oh,
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I'm telling you, it's, it's one of the great uh, TV shows of all time. No and I've only
4: caught her. one here and there. I haven't seen the whole thing, but she's just been crazy on these shows.
2: Yeah. Hey, I have a question for you. Her name came up last week, and you made me think of her when you said Rosario Dawson. What the hell ever happened to
4: Rosie Perez? Boy, you know, the most recent thing she did was, uh, I think it was an NBC show called Rise. And it was one of those musical high school tales. And that didn't last. But she just kind of fell off the map, didn't she? She, she was did. another one of those people that was hot for a while, probably because of an Oscar nomination, like John Travolta, where you yeah. know the doors open for you. And then after a time, I mean, you're—I don't know why—but they just they go away. But yeah, she was—that was, I believe, was her most recent. Yeah, it was Rise. And then um, she's done some voice work. Yeah, that uh, I
2: ran across her. You know, once but on a apart voice.
4: from that, that's it.
2: Yeah, she was. This is many years ago. I don't know what was after white men can't jump. How long, how old is that?
6: That was like what, oh, 92? God.
2: That was in 92? That's yeah, old, yeah. yeah. Sure. 26 years old. Because, uh, yeah, would, yeah, 92. Yeah, because that would make sense because I was still doing voiceover until 2008. But um, I'm doing this voiceover for this guy in New York. And he said, man, this is really great that it all worked out in the end. He said, we, we were going to cast Rosie Perez as the voice person, but she wanted a million dollars a commercial. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay there, Rosie. <laughs> uh, I don't think you're going to be getting a million dollars a commercial. It's not, well, you're not that big a star. Not to mention her voice is horrible. It's a terrible voice. It's they,
4: annoying.
2: It is a really annoying voice. And I think that's the reason, uh, one of the reasons that she's hit the wall. Yeah. The voice has got way too annoying. She puts on this rating. weird, yeah. She puts it on because oh, she like yeah. it's her thing, but you can only listen to it for so long. No, nah, it's very, very true, no doubt about it. All right, Timmy. So basically, we got uh, the three movies I want to see. Any of the other seven out of the top ten? I don't know. I I thought I'd want to go see Book Club, but then I heard that's really yeah, just not very good. Nope. And it's all about reading a. What was it the Fifty Shades of Grey and the yeah. women get all, yeah. Grandma Gets All warm. <laughs> I, I, I
4: still maintain the timing <laughs> of that was so horribly off. Why didn't they do this years ago? Yeah, I don't know. When, it, when, it, was that, when it actually came out, Then it would I actually think it would have done business then.
2: Yeah, and I'm trying to think of some of the other stuff that's out right now. It's like not a lot of it looks any good.
4: Oh, you know. are you going to see Hotel Artemis at some point? I, yes, I, I do. I don't know see how it. other people feel about it. Uh I, I thought it I really loved it. I, I thought Geordie Foster made yeah. the thing for me. But there were a lot of other people. Jeff Goldblum is in it. Only for a little bit. He should be in it more, I should say that. Um but just a lot of great people. Dave Batista, uh Sterling K. Hayden, uh like from me. um what the heck? Oh, This is us. I, I've never seen that, but I did see him in the People versus O. J. Simpson. Right. Um Charlie Day is really good because he's not playing. You know, he, he can do the, the Charlie from It's Always Sunny. Yeah, it, That kind of bleeds over into other stuff, but he's a real bad dude in this movie, and he's really good. Really? And and I, I don't understand how these movies, especially with Jodie Foster, yeah, they come out and they're in the top ten, maybe seven, number seven or eight or whatever for a week, and then they're right. gone. It's right. a shame.
2: Charlie Day, I, like, I really do like Charlie Day, because we were big fans of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Or Which is,
4: coming back, by is the way. coming back? It is coming back. That will be coming back for at least one more season, or two more seasons. They renewed it, but they're taking a big break because one of the guys, um, boy, who, oh, Glenn Howerton, he's doing a show on NBC right now, and I don't know. There's even saying that he might not come back. But I, of course, I love Danny on that. And uh, who's the uh, woman? Oh
2: yeah. It's, uh, um, she she just had her own her own series on. Uh, what the hell's her name? I like her. She's very good. Her TV, her her series was not very good, but that's oh not the, her. Mick. Uh, the Mick Caitlin Olson. Kate, is that who it is, Caitlin Olson? Yes. Yeah, she's good,
4: but I, yeah, I love the show though. I, always funny. is freaking hilarious, and I almost think because she and I believe <clears throat> Charlie and Danny, um, or was it the other one, the, the main guy? Um, they they got a private jet and they came to the Super Bowl, and they saw cameras rolling. So I'm almost wondering if there's an Eagle Super Bowl
5: no oh, um, yeah
4: episode coming.
2: Yeah, probably true. That makes a lot of sense. Um, do you know who what, what's taller, Charlie Day or a pop bottle?
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: he is one
4: tiny guy. How it, does he stack up against Danny though? Because Danny is four foot ten.
2: Yeah, that's true. Danny Devito is about four foot ten, so I, he might be about the same height actually.
4: <laughs> so have you, I talked to him once. Yeah, he's a really good guy, and and talented too. I mean, he he's you know writes a lot of those episodes. And, yeah, he does. He writes you know. a
2: lot of. them. I have never spoken to him. I, I I just I don't know why, but he's never been on.
4: You've had some other people from Always Sunny though, haven't you?
2: Yeah, yeah, we have. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I just I agree with you. I think it, it a damn good show and. Yeah, I do want to see Hotel Artemis, but that just didn't... Is that still even in theaters?
4: Well, it should be, but it's not going to be long. I mean, no. I would think maybe one more week if that. Yeah. Because it just came out two weeks ago. But, again, it's just the sort of movie that, for one reason or another, doesn't catch on. And it was distributed by an independent company, which yeah. doesn't help either. You've got to have that promotional push. It always doesn't guarantee you a, a hit, obviously. Um, but uh, it helps, and uh, they didn't have that here. So I'd say see it just for Jodie Foster alone because she's willing to go for it, and uh, as I said a a few times now, looking like holy hell, but she's playing the character, and there's a reason the character's that way, and I just love that she's one of the few people that goes for it still without caring about what anybody thinks.
2: I like it. All right, Timmy. Well, thank you for the day today, sir, and we will talk to you on yeah, the
4: Morning you. Show Thursday with Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom.
2: Yeah, I'll be uh, working, uh, or I'll go to bed uh, to go to work the next day, so I can't go see the, the screener. So
4: don't <laughs> <worry about laughs> well, I'll tell you all about Thursday.
2: Sounds good. Thanks, Tim.
4: All right. See you later.
2: We'll be back, Tom Bernard Show. Hi, this is Tom. If you spend any time at the lake, you can relate to the pure joy of hanging out on the dock. You, family, friends and the calm of the water. If this sounds like heaven, you're gonna want a Flow Dock. Flow Docks are rock solid with double bracing to eliminate side to side sway, and get this, you can install, level, and remove your Flow Dock without even getting into the water. You see, Flow's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make, right down to Flow boat lifts that are quieter, faster, and effortless to install and use. Are you starting to see a pattern here? Flow is about making things easy, meaning you have more time to enjoy being at the lake. Isn't that why you go there in the first place? See for yourself why they say they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. See them at F-L-O-E-I-N-T-L dot com. Flow docks and lifts. A better way. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutrimost Weight Loss Plan. And now you can find out how to have success losing weight at Nutrimost Twin Cities in Plymouth just like me at their free informational dinner on Monday, July 23rd at 6 p.m. at Jake's in Plymouth, those unwanted pounds will melt away really fast. I've lost over 65 pounds at Nutrimost Twin Cities in Plymouth after being educated on clean eating, finding out what foods my body prefers, and I now know the foods that are weight gain triggers. As I've said over and over again, the Nutrimost Weight Loss Plan is so easy, and they guarantee that you lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food, and I'm never hungry. Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you, too. Call now to register for the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth dinner on July 23rd. To register, call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Oh, there we go. This song's ashy. <laughs> we were just talking about ashy. And my skin gets
7: insanely dry during the winter. Oh yeah.
2: I get ashy elbows, that's it. JB, yeah. if he does moisturize, man, that fella gets ashy as a hell.
6: <laughs> <laughs> ashy Larry. Made, like the back of my uh, Ashy Larry. Donald, yeah, Donald. That's very funny. Oh he I love him, loved him on Chappelle. Larry. He's so funny. <laughs> ashy
2: Larry. My favorite
1: though was <laughs> when he when they did like the the haters players ball.
2: Oh, and yeah. he was at
1: I think his name was like Beautiful. Uh, and he had just the huge Jerry curl, and he was constantly. Yep. Oh God! <laughs> he was having girls spray his hair for. Him. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Absolutely. <laughs>
6: so they uh, on the Chappelle show they had their Prince um, sketch that they did right. Mm-hmm. They wanted to get Prince to actually be in the in the sketch, and so Dave went up to Prince and was like, "Hey, I do this show. We want to do a sketch with you." And Prince was like no i I don't know no get out of my face like really i was like no way but
1: i guess prince really enjoyed oh yeah he liked yeah he enjoyed the skit
6: but they asked him to be in it and he was was like i'm not being in your skit i
2: did love it chappelle putting his muddy ass shoes all over
1: couch. oh yeah when
2: he was doing his uh uh, he was doing rick james rick james yeah yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: all over eddie murphy's couch uh, charlie
2: murphy (laughs) (laughs) i was sad that charlie died yeah
1: that was terrible well I, I noticed him. I noticed when I started watching Black Jesus I'm like oh I love God, Black he Jesus. looks really thin
2: yeah and yeah, he that's didn't true. look
1: good but I'm like why I was like maybe he's on a diet or something I didn't know he was sick didn't he have like leukemia
2: I think so yeah
1: oh so I, sad I,
2: I, well you know what I loved about Charlie Murphy
1: mm-hmm.
2: is when you would interview him and it'd start out and he'd be all enthusiastic about it but then you could always tell when he wanted to go Cause he didn't say like I gotta go or what he do that, but honestly God, at at the exact time when he wanted to hang up and just move on, mm-hmm. he started doing this. So he starts off saying things like, "Yeah, I hope you like Black Jesus. I mean, it's a great show. I love being on Black Jesus. It's very, very interesting." And then when he wants to go, he started doing this. So I don't talk to him. I don't, I don't talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> He was just making noise. He wasn't even saying words. He, just, he was mumbling and making noise. Yeah, I wasn't holding on, hold on, pause hold on That's like, come (laughs) on, man. I loved him, though. I always
1: wonder, though, in the... Climate that we're in right now, would Chappelle be as successful no, with that show? No, no. way. No?
6: Nope. I th- I th- it, it would was too be too touchy. It would be successful, but I don't think it would be as successful. Like, it wouldn't take over everybody, like, who didn't like the Chappelle show? That's true.
1: It, it was so brilliant because he was taking stereotypes and saying, Look, these are just stereotypes. <laughs> Laugh at it. Mm-hmm. I, how is it going to hurt you? You know, it, it was brilliant how he did it. And,
2: I'm telling you, some of the people I grew up with could have been characters played by <laughs> Dave Chappelle, Like the, guy, the black guy who wins the lottery and the first thing he buys is a semi-truck full of cool cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's wonderful. Fox News and Fox Business Senior Vice President Mike Tamero was not impressed with Seth MacFarlane's recent criticism of the network ripping the Family Guy creator on Twitter for saying he was embarrassed by Fox News hosts like Tucker Carlson. Yet not quite embarrassed enough to not cash that check.
6: Isn't that right, said Tamaro in a, quote, tweet? A, quote, tweet? Mm. Oh, like he took like the tweet that Seth sent out and oh, then he I retweeted see. but quoted it back with the... So it's not that be
2: a, a tweet qu- quote? A tweet quote, I would well, no, think. So, so it's a like a retweet, tweet. but it's a quote. okay. Which also tagged McFarland, just to be certain he saw it, Tamero, who oversees marketing for Fox News and Fox Business is one of the longest tenured executives at the network having joined in nineteen ninety eight. McFarlane who has created shows like The Family Guy, which is a ripoff of The Simpsons, there's mm-hmm. no question about that. American Dad, which sucks. And the Orville for Fox. The Orville, that was a live was that live action? Yeah, it's basically a Star Trek parody. Oh, it's a parody of Star Trek? Well mm. I might like that actually. I took issue with a line from Tucker Carlson who urged his viewers not to trust news from outlets other than Fox News. Well it's kind of his job. All
6: right. Promote um, your own show. Mm-hmm. I like Don't Tucker listen to Carlson. CNN or anything. Whatever else,
2: I like. Uh, I like uh, Tucker Carlson a lot. But, but my two favorite news people, Tucker Carlson, he's on Fox, and see, uh, Se Cup, who's a, uh, she's on uh, HLN, which is a CNN network. Mm-hmm. Why can't people like both? They just cannot seem to. I either like CNN or I like Fox. Why? Right. Once you look at both of them and get two different opinions, sometimes on the same subject, they just don't want to do it. They do not want to do it. And I don't understand that at all. I don't know. Uh, In any case, the line was flagged by CNN media reporter Brian Stetler. Oh, you know why that is, though. Because Tucker goes after him all the time. But who really, Stetler, God, somebody really sheds, or shreds, excuse me, Brian Stetler. Who the hell is that? I don't know, McFarlane called it fringe... Okay, get, get the edit pen. <laughs> okay. McFarlane called it fringe shit. <laughs> in other words, don't think critically, don't consult multiple news sources, and in general, don't use your brain. I would agree with Seth, Seth McFarlane in this one. Yeah, go to different news sites right. and get a different opinion. God, I just hate that. Well, if my family and friends don't like it, then I don't like it. Uh, come on. There were seven kids in our family. I think I've mentioned this before. Two of them ended up being very liberal. Two ended up being very conservative. And the other three of us are kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, it just we wow. grew up in the same exact family, but apparently had different experiences. So good for them. Right. I, whatever. My mother was a, an ardent Democrat. She loved Democrats. She loved JFK. I mean, you know. Because he was a Roman Catholic president, she loved that idea. She thought that was wonderful. Mm -hmm. But so I kind of looked at all kinds of. I was very fortunate, though, growing up where I grew up. I grew around a lot, grew up around a lot of different people. I don't know what it's like to grow up in, like, say, an all-black neighborhood or an all-rich suburban white neighborhood. That's got to be. That must be so closed in. You know what I mean? That the like upper-middle-class white people that live in, in. some far suburb.
6: Yeah, that's
2: not the real world at all. No,
6: and I think anytime you grow up in any environment, no matter who, what level of class it is, or yeah. what race of people are living there, like when it's all just one way. Yeah, like I think that doesn't isn't necessarily the good. best place to grow up because you're not again, yeah, you're not getting kind of the melting pot of what the world is experience. You're just getting one one side of things.
2: And I, what I like it, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Mm-hmm. So. For new listeners who might not know this, but Tevin
6: might be black, possibly. Yep. You be the Jew. Yep. Yeah, that's it's been it's been confirmed. <laughs> it's yeah. been confirmed you are black. <laughs> okay.
2: I I you know what I don't like, but now I'm a white guy who grew up in a you know, the, several different races, went to school with them all the rest of it. It annoys me the way some liberal white women have adopted the black culture is their own. Like the black culture is always right. How the hell do you know? I mean, how do they even know that?
6: Yeah, and I don't. Know, it's, it's it's weird. I kind of know, understand what you're what you're talking about, but yeah, they assume. Yeah, or if they'll like, I my story that I tell people all the time is when I was working at the House of Comedy, there was yeah. Greg Coleman, black comedian here locally, yeah, yeah. was on stage doing a joke, and it was I guess technically a black joke, but it wasn't. Like there wasn't nothing wrong with the joke anyway. So like, he tells his joke and this white lady comes out and she's like talking to me like, oh, I'm so offended by this joke. This This comedian just told a black joke and I was standing out and I didn't realize Greg was on stage and I'm like, oh, like you're offended by a black joke and she like I like look in and see Greg and I'm like. First of all, the comedian's black. He's black. Like, you're You're white. Like, how are you offended? Well, I, it's exactly she, what I'm she talking She tells about. me that she has a, a black friend who wasn't even at the show, but she just, like, the joke reminded her of her black friend, and now she's offended. And I like, saw. Like, this it. is unbelievable.
2: It is amazing. You're offended by a black joke, even though you don't know anything about the culture.
6: Right. Nothing. And then, like, I, I how great must your life be if you have nothing else yeah. to be worried about than yeah, being offended problem. by this black joke?
2: I, I just I saw a, a woman. She was I don't know what protest was going on or whatever. Oh, and by the way, I should have p- placed bets because <laughs> the second I saw that um, that Keith Ellison was going to run for the U.S. Attorney General, mm-hmm. I I said to several people that Muslim woman who was just elected is going to be endorsed. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it because these white people that live in downtown Minneapolis. And she's going to be my congressperson, because there's no way a Republican's going to win that seat. No No Mm -hmm. way. But I I just, anything that might just be, oh, I want to show you how absolutely tolerant I am and how wonderful I am as a person. I mean, I, I hate to say this, but how is that woman qualified to be a congressperson?
6: Right, and yeah, that's because you don't want them to get the job. It's like the same way, exactly. like in the NFL when they have the the Rooney Rule, where it's like you have to yeah. interview a black yep. person. It's like yep. you don't want somebody to get the job just because you need a minority to fill the role. <sighs> mm-hmm. You still want the best qualified yeah. person. Would make sense.
2: I, I, that whole thing has become really annoying. So I was watching. I don't remember what the protest was. It was over the weekend, last weekend, not not the t- yesterday, but a week ago. Yesterday. And there was this this woman, She's a white woman, and all she could keep raving about in the background was how offended she is by white men.
5: Mm. But why?
2: So all white men offend you. How is that not, even though you're a member of the same race, remember they used to talk about, maybe this didn't happen when, when, when you were a kid or whatever, but it did when I was a kid. There were people who were black people who were prejudiced against black people. They just weren't. Yeah. So, you know about that. Yeah. Right? Well, that's where we've gotten now in the white race. We're like, white people are racist against white people.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs>
2: well, how does that happen? Uh, again, I, I pointed out Andy, my son is sitting right here, and he's a white guy, but he wouldn't hurt a fly. How was he guilty or responsible for something that happened 200 years ago? I don't really get that. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, well, nobody's alive that was responsible for no. it over 200 right. years
2: ago. And it was horrible, and I understand they're just disgustingly horrible. But nobody alive today was responsible That's for that.
1: White guilt. It is
2: white guilt. That's mm-hmm. all. Going, oh, it, God, yeah. Roy is with us. Really? Yes.
0: Yes. Roy, how are you? I am good. I'm good.
2: We're trying to figure I out. what's in there, huh? No, it works for me. We're trying to figure out why it is that some people think they're experts at things they know nothing about.
0: Who are these people? Who are we talking about? Now I'm ready there, to dive, jump in.
2: There was a woman. <laughs> oh, I like this. Uh, <laughs> how do You pronounce your last name Seekoff or Seckoff? Yeah, Seekoff. Seekoff. I thought it was Seekoff. I wanted to make sure.
5: Yeah,
2: of uh, course. Roy Seekoff. Promoting the book, Lack Self-Control, True Stories I Waited Until My Parents Died to Tell. That's really nice, Roy. Really nice. That is, it actually is a phenomenal idea. Now, we were just talking about, for some reason, last weekend I was watching, uh, I don't know, it was ABC, NBC, CBS, whatever. It was one of the broadcast networks, and they showed this protest. Right. And this white woman, all she would talk about, and she'd repeat over and over again, how deeply she is offended by white men. And I thought, why? Yeah. Why? I mean, why are you deeply offended by all white men? How is that possible?
0: She, she's a generalist. You know? Yeah, there just you just, like, go. Specific, you know?
5: She's a yeah.
2: generalist. I like that argument. That's a good argument. She's a generalist. Uh, if David Sedaris, Chelsea Handler, Larry David, and Caitlin Moran had the Unlikeliest orgy in history. The resulting love child might one day write a book like the. Well, Roy, what are you trying to say here?
0: Well, I'm saying <laughs> if you like any of those four people, you're going to love this book.
2: Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Well, yeah. But I think it's magnificent. David Sedaris is uh, is fantastic. Larry David. I'm not a huge Chelsea Handler fan, but she just she can't, she was one of those white women I'm talking about. She went over the deep end. Uh, you know all oh, these white men there it's like chelsea settle down relax but and
0: well you know if you did, did you re- read her books though you know they sort of I heard have they were a, good yeah yeah her books you know the you know hello god or hello Vodka, to me chelsea right, and a couple right. of the other ones they have a very autobiographical confessional yeah. feel to yep. it she's very open about her you know her drinking, her carousing, her sexuality, and I just thought that kind of conveys a little bit of the flavor of what I was trying to put a, put across in the book.
2: I have a question for you, Roy, because Roy was founding editor of uh, of the Huffington Post. Yes. Uh, do you hate the shortened version, Huff Post, as much as I do? It
0: sounds no. Like... You know, I'll, I'll I'll tell you, Tom, where the where the hatred came, because in the early <laughs> days, you know, <coughs> we needed we needed a little. You know, it's hard to say that every time. Hoppy nip buzz, hoppy nip, buzz. You know, Yeah, you know, I Especially suppose. once we got, got to the social media world. But the real thing became other people started calling us huff Poe.
2: Huff-po, like, that's like, right. That, you know what? Yeah. That is what and, I think I'm talking about is
0: huff-po. I hate that. Oh, I hated that. See, that was the diminutive. It's like felt like this little, you know, little baby. Oh, cute. Po. You know, whereas huff-po <laughs> felt, you know, it felt a little bit better. So we had a... We had a whole discussion because half the people who were writing about us were calling us Huffos. So we had, amongst the staff, we took a, took a poll. And I was very strongly in favor of the Huff Post branding. Not, not and that's Huff where Pro, we came though. down.
2: All right, got to take a very, very quick break, Roy, and we'll be right back. Roy Seekoff. What a great title for a book. Some magnificent, lack self control, true stories I waited until my parents died to tell. Right back with Roy after this, Tom Bernard Show.
7: We are here with Chris Lindahl. What's the latest? Chris Lindahl Real Estate, the real estate brokerage, is finally here. We've declared our innovation independence.
2: Your innovation (laughs) independence?
7: You're (laughs) you're dressed independently today, I will
2: tell you that. You look
7: good, man. You look great. (laughs) Thank you. And we also have something super exciting for KQ listeners. We are going to give away a free listing side commission now through June 29th. How does that work? So so we're going to sell someone's house for free. What? Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, and it's just a way of saying thank you, and KQRS has been amazingly supportive to the Chris Lindahl brand and now to Chris Lindahl Real Estate – It's a way for us to say thank you. It's also not a bare bones offer. So everything that Chris Lindahl does to get you top dollar for your house, we're still going to do. And we're going to do it potentially for free for one listener. Now, how do people get that done? How how, how do they qualify for the, was it a drawing or what? Yep. So it's, so it's a drawing. So you can go to chrislindahl.com. That's Chris with a K. And you can click on the free listing side commission giveaway tab to sign up, or you can call 763-401-SOLD. That is a wonderful thing.
2: And when, uh, when do they need to do this buy? So the deadline is June
7: 29th. June 29th. And how do they do it? They go to ChrisLindahl.com. That's Chris with a K or call 763-401-SOLD. And I just want to say thank you so much for all of the support during our transition. We're super excited and we're bringing innovation to another level. It is a wonderful thing. Chris Lindahl. Thank you. You're a good man.
1: We are back here on the Tom Bernard Show. Tom had to step out for a moment, so Roy, I'm going to wing it and take over this interview for a second until he gets back. Did I
0: disgust him that so, much? I think uh, so. Was I that disgusting in my brief appearance?
6: Yeah, he has a small
1: bladder. He <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> he's just like, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so um, Understandable. Yeah, well, okay, well, it says whether he's describing his teenage pilgrimage to a Times Square porn superstore, life-changing experiences with... Hi, Clonics Psychic Readings. Um, so what are all these stories that you had to wait until your parents died to tell?
0: Yeah, so b- basically, as Tom said, you know, I was the founding editor of the Huffington Post, did that for 12 years, was with Ariana for 17 years. And uh, when I decided to take a break, I decided to really do nothing except for hang out with my daughter and work out and kind of just have a mental cleanse. And so I did that for a year. And when it was time for me to dip my toe back into the world of creativity, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, Cause I could sort of do many things and then ended up doing nothing. And finally, the idea hit on me that, you know, a good place to start. Cause my question was, what was my voice gonna be like outside of HuffPost? You know, that's what I've been doing for so long is putting everything towards building that brand. And I thought, well, a good place to start would be telling these stories. I'm sure you have your go-to stories when you're, you know, you're out and you meet somebody new and you're talking and you know you start telling the funny stories from your life. So I had my go-to stories that I'd been telling for years and I kind of knew they worked. And I thought, well, that might be a good way to take those oral stories and put them on paper and see how that worked. And once I made the decision to do that, these stories just started pouring out of me. I think it was partly because I kept the creativity dammed up for a year and it just they came stories i hadn't thought about for 40 years you know popped into my head and and stories that uh, that i'd been telling like i said often and some that i only told to my closest friends and uh i really wasn't sure what they were going to add up to to be honest i just really wanted to be uh funny and i wanted to be honest those were the two things that i set out for myself and um after I sort of went through this creative explosion, I looked and I had a bunch of stories. And I said, nah, I wonder what, wonder what this adds up to. <laughs> so I put them into uh, some sort of order and gave them to writer friends of mine. And they came back and they said, we love this. We think this is really funny. We really like the voice. They're, yeah. you know, they're, they're hysterical. They're laugh out loud funny. And, and they're also filled with kind of heart and emotion. And uh, you should do something with this. So I did.
2: You did, and now it's out there. And now if uh, – because I tend to try to be amusing, uh, yet very honest, what you were just talking about. And yeah. I get sued all the time. Yeah. So yeah, just be ready. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just get ready well, to get sued. You know, if, That's all I'm
0: saying. You know, as you see, there's a little note in the, the intro <laughs> to the book where uh, I, I say that many of the names have been changed. Good. To, uh, you know, to protect myself from the pending lawsuits.
2: Yeah, I, we have Cassie here at editing, thank God. But I grew up speaking my mind. I grew up in the inner city. I had a wonderful time. You know, the people of all races went to school and all the rest of it. So I just learned to kind of, like you said, just kind of tell the truth and, and you know, yeah. whatever. So I finally did learn after being on radio for about 48 years that I probably should stop telling people they're assholes. I just, I did learn well, that finally, you know, the Roy.
0: That's a, that's a good note. Thank you, Tom. It's a good
2: note. <laughs> it really is a good <laughs> I,
0: note. But here's the thing, that for my, my sense of humor and what I've tried to do in telling these stories, uh, it kind of I'm the asshole in most of them. You know, <laughs> so I'm, not, I'm not calling other people assholes. Okay. I'm, you know, I mean, to me, that's comedy, right? Comedy, it's thwarted desire. You know, you think something's going to work out. You have this wonderful expectation and then it it turns to shit, and that's comedy.
2: It is comedy, that's exactly right. I I have to read a couple of things because they're they're very interesting. Whether he's describing a teenage pilgrimage to a Times Square porn superstore, life-changing experiences with high colonics and psychic readings, are those together? High uh, no, like. oh, thankfully, good. I good. was
0: not having a psychic experience while being uh, cleansed. <laughs> That's really good. I'm glad <laughs> to
2: hear that. An ill-fated <laughs> attempt to make off with a tissue containing Oprah's tears. <laughs> what do you mean, Oprah's yeah. tears? I might want to hear yeah, that. Yeah. So
0: basically, yeah, that yeah. So basically, um, I was working uh, at HuffPost and I was going to meet Oprah's team in Chicago. You know, the Harpo team because we were going to bring all of their content onto the HuffPost platform. And as I was going, my wife, who was the single nicest person I've ever met, bar none, uh, as I say in the book, and I've met Tom Hanks, so that's a very high bar. Yeah, that's true. um, You know, she asked me if I would get something for her sister, some tchotchke, some Oprah, because her sister adores Oprah, you Mm -hmm. know, a cap, something. And, you know, it's hard when you're working with somebody to say, hey, could you sign a thing for me? You know, it's sort of not professional.
2: right, it's not right. But,
0: uh, but... But anything for my wife. So uh, I, I kind of forgot about it until once I got to Chicago and started working with the team. And long story short, there was a very emotional show that I was in the audience for that Oprah did. And everybody was crying. It was, it, was, it was very, very wonderful and amazing and emotional. And after the show, I was walking out, and I was walking past the desk that Oprah had been sitting at. And I saw some wadded-up tissues, because she had been crying, too. Yes. And I thought, oh, my God, I could bring my sister-in-law Oprah's Tears. Ooh. What a great, what a great gift that would be. I like you know, it. One of, you know, who needs a T-shirt, Tom, when you can bring the, the physical manifestation of the, the, the queen of television, you know? You're right. You're right. So, so I was about to snag them. Oh when gosh. a production assistant walked up and said, oh, Roy, uh, Oprah would like to see you for a second backstage. It's like, I couldn't steal them. Oh. And 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 what happened was, though, and I love how people will read it because it turns out very funny. And what happened was I went back to the hotel uh, after the, the taping, and I was sitting there, I was emptying my pockets. And um, I had... Tissues that I had used. There you to go. And That's what I was nose. thinking. That's
2: what I was thinking, <laughs> yeah. Roy. Just pretend and, and you and I had
0: thought, it. Right? I yeah. thought I threw them away, but then then my eureka moment hit, and I thought, "Hey, who would it hurt if I, you know, did a simple, She's gentle white lie and passed off my snot as a <laughs> <teacher."> <laughs> It seems like a good thing at the time, right? Yeah. And uh, and this. But then, as you know happens, Tom, with lies, they tend to snowball. Yes. And I, I got deeper and deeper. I brought them home, and my wife was like, these are snotty tissues, Roy. You, that, that's, I said, no, these are Oprah's tears, for God's sakes. And we ended up mounting them in a lucite container oh, with a plaque. Oh, God. With a plaque that said Oprah's tears and the date they were secreted. And and, and we gave this to my sister-in-law, and she was so happy, and she put it on a place of great pride on her mantle uh, piece, and um, I never told anybody. Um, I didn't tell my wife. I didn't tell anybody until, and I'll be honest with you, I'm a coward, so I didn't (laughs) say anything (laughs) until literally a month before the book came out. I, I finally... Because, you know, as I was writing it, I read some of the stories to my wife, but not everything. And so this was one I kind of kept hidden. And about a month before the book uh, was scheduled to come out, I said, i got to tell you something. Uh... So uh... I called her, and she was kind of shocked. And then I, then I actually had to tell my sister-in-law, which I did about two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's soon enough. That's soon enough. Yeah. To work. Okay, now, it I, didn't I'm...
0: go over so
5: good. But... <laughs> Roy,
2: I've only known you for about 20 minutes, but I have to ask you. This line, I'm going to read the line, and then you tell me whose balls we're talking about here. Oh, yeah. That time that Chevy Chase grabbed his balls at a funeral. Now, whose balls yeah. were they that he grabbed, yours or Chevy's? Yeah. yeah. Do, do,
0: do, is, is it the sentence construction that you don't like?
2: No, I uh, like it. I just, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just wondering. I've never known Chevy Chase to grab any another man's package.
0: <laughs> really? Well, oh, I, I don't know how much time you've spent with the chef, man. Not yeah, much. But, he grabbed my balls. He grabbed my balls oh, and th- actually the entire three-piece unit, um, and he <laughs> and he did it at a funeral oh. in front of a hundred people. Oh, Man, yeah, it's not good. it was. Uh, it, it's quite the story and how we got there. But basically, you know, uh, it, there was a memorial service. I say funeral because it's funnier, but it was a memorial service for nah, Michael well, O'Donoghue, yeah. who, oh, who, yeah. who you know was yeah. the, the great one of the great writers at National Lampoon and on uh, the original first year of Saturday Night Live. Yep. And he died early, died young, and there was a memorial service for him. And I didn't know him very well, but I'd spent a week with him 11 years before he died when I edited a magazine that some friends of mine and I from college started. And uh, we put him on the cover of our third issue and you know, kind of hung out with him a little bit. And he wrote this cool little thing for us. So I thought, you know, why don't we go to this memorial service? We'll bring some of these copies, because no one ever saw them. It was this little you know, crappy magazine. And we could give it to people, you know, and, and cool, because he wrote this cool thing. So we go, and all these people, and we're kind of hovering, because we're these young guys who don't really know anybody in the corner. And um, at some point, people start getting up and making speeches. And Chevy gets up and makes this bombastic speech. And people are kind of rolling their eyes, because it was kind of well-known within that group, that Michael O'Donoghue hated Chevy Chase. <laughs> just, thought he was, just, just thought he was just a complete jerk, you know, right, right. But for everything that Michael hated, right? Yep. And so, but he was a movie star, and so he did that whole, you know, I'm Chevy Chase routine. And um, and so after everybody was done, I decided, okay, I'll, I'll kind of just go up there. And I got up there, and I started to do my thing, and suddenly I heard off to the side, excuse me, I've got to go, excuse me, i got to go. And I oh looked, and it was God. Chevy oh kind of getting out of the booth that he was sitting in. And he um, had to walk past me to get to the uh, exit. So he started walking past me. And as he did, he stopped in front of me, and he put out his hand like he was going to shake my hand. So I, I reached out to shake his hand, but instead of taking my hand, he reached down, took the whole unit, kind of shook it, and said, nice balls.
5: <laughs> <No>. Okay.
0: <laughs> and then... And then he just turned and started to walk out. Now, I was utterly flummoxed, you yeah, know. Yeah. I, I wasn't used to anybody handling the whole three-piece like that and kind of you know, <laughs> shaking it and, and then walking away. And I was just sort of frozen. I didn't know what to do. Sure. And I looked around me, and everybody was kind of mortified. There was like the air had been sucked out of the room because it was this power dynamic, you know, this... Young guy standing up trying to share something, and the bombastic movie star sort of, you know, giving the 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 the, the alpha male routine, and uh, I just sort of stood there frozen. And Chevy was about to leave the room when suddenly my senses popped back into my head, and uh, I said something um, that, in retrospect, is not that funny, but in the mo at the time, because of that power dynamic, struck everybody as hysterical, and. The biggest laugh I have ever gotten in my life, Tom. Not ha-ha, not (sighs) ho-ho. I mean, waves and waves of laughter. Wonderful. People pounding the table. And Chevy stood still in the doorway because he knew I had said something. And he figured out that it was probably about him. Mm -hmm. And it was sort of like an IED, you know, a roadside device. The waves, the concussive waves were passing over him. And then he stopped and then he kind of decided not to turn back and he just walked out and I turned back to everybody. and was like, um, anyway, let me tell you about Michael. And I didn't, I finished my little, you know, presentation and people were coming up to me afterwards. That was great. Like it'd been a prepared bit, you know, loved it. Fantastic. And, and then I went home and my wife said, so how was it? And I said, I got to tell you, I killed at the funeral.
2: (laughs) 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 Unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah. Roy yeah. uh, Roy, I, I have to ask you a question. Yeah. You please. should you should book for like an hour rather than fifteen minutes. Because... Who booked
0: this time? I thought it was I didn't book and I was answering the Twitter account. You know? I, <laughs> hey, <laughs> I,
2: I will tell you something, honest to God. I if you're available again next hour for a segment, I I have a, I have something I want to ask you and we only have about a minute left here, so if you can come back to be wonder, because I have a million things I want to ask you.
0: I I'm, I've got nothing to do but you. This is what I got. My my day is booked out for Tom.
2: Okay, well, you know, we're going to come back in about seven minutes or six minutes, something like that, and then you can have an entire half hour. But I, I want you to think about something. Okay. I'm a, I'm pretty much a centrist politically, uh, but Good. people in Minnesota think that I'm you know. Rush Limbaugh, for some reason, I don't know why, but they do. <laughs> you obviously work with Michael Moore, you work for The Huff Post, the whole show mm-hmm. match, and all the rest of it. But you don't present yourself as political at all, and I want to talk to you about that. I think people should do what you do. You could have opinions, you know, some of the things you do might be obvious, just like I do. I really enjoy the fact that it's not political for you. it's just what your, they're your beliefs. I think that's terrific. Do you mind
0: if we talk about that next hour? We can go deep into that, Tom. I think it's a very fascinating vein to tap into. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. So, you want to hold on? You want us to call or you want to call back in or how do you want to do it? We'll be back in like 6 you tell minutes. Me. If you want to just hang on for Whatever 6 minutes, want. we'll be back in 6 minutes and then uh, I'd love to have you for another half hour. You're you're a fascinating guy. I will tell you that. Beautiful,
0: man. I'm I'm here for you. I'll just hang. Okay.
2: We'll be back more with Roy Seekoff. It's, by the way, S-E-K-O-F-F. Uh, you can go to Amazon. The book is on Amazon. Obviously, lack Self-Control. True Stories I Waited Until My Parents Died to Tell. We'll be back more with Roy in just about five minutes. Tom Bernard Show.